Hey guys, before you go ahead and enjoy this amazing next episode, we just want you to keep aware that this episode does have a couple bit of sensitive topics discussed throughout, so please be aware of the trigger warnings and take care of yourself and make sure that you enjoy the episode while still feeling safe and comfortable. We hope you enjoy! Hey y'all! Welcome back to Teen Talks. My name is Sonbi. I am your host. I use she, her pronouns. This episode is about negative entertainment and this bad side of media. So let's introduce ourselves. So I already got, my name is Sonbi. I use she, her pronouns. Anyone can hop in. Uh, my name is Jordan. I use he, him pronouns. My name is Ajani. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, my name is Janir. I use he, him pronouns. My name is Jaisha and I use she, her pronouns. Yay, I'm so happy to have y'all here. Um, I know you guys were here for the other episode and I saw that and it was just so much fun to watch. Okay, so getting into negative entertainment. Let's start with, I guess, a more easier question, um, but it can go into lots of links. The platform that you guys use, whether it being Instagram, Twitch, whatever, what do you guys feel is the negative side of it? What is something that you just think can be more? Which uh, um, can of worms do we want to open first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I could probably open up the Twitch can yeah. of worms, I guess. I want to um, do Twitch. I don't know much about Twitch. Like, the Twitch can of worms is, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of negative community around Twitch sometimes because... Mm-hmm. Originally, Twitch started off as this platform of anyone could just stream any video game they wanted because it was basically just a platform of I want people to see me playing video games live. And that was the premise of it. That started off how it was. But then other people saw it as I don't have to be streaming video games per se. I could just be streaming myself. And they utilize that to some sort of negative degree. We have, very, we have people who use Twitch exclusively as only way to get money out of other people. And they pretty much almost scheme in a sense of they use like various platforms to try to get people to almost it's almost like an OnlyFans kind of thing where it's like you know a less adult version of it and like it's also really bad because with Twitch you have the option to donate to people so then it creates people almost hounding people saying I know you spent these times watching me I want you to donate right now and almost guilt trip people into donating like there was a clip going around of a streamer who was like yelling at people saying, I know you guys have like the money to get phones and laptops to watch me stream. I know you have $5 to give me money right now. And it's just like, there's a lot of people doing that because they see this as free money of, I just get to sit around on camera all day and I get paid to do it. So that's really bad. And it's also a lot of stigma towards smaller streamers where bigger streamers won't even give you the time of day. Like they'll almost exclusively say, don't even talk to me if you don't have over a hundred people watching you at once. Until then, you're nothing to me. And it's a really big stigma going around Twitch where if you're not affiliated, you're not worth anything to them. So it's a really bad, because everything's like live numbers, you can see your numbers fluctuate. It's easy to use that to get to your head and have an ego of, I have over a thousand people watching me at a single time. You are, I'm better than you. And it creates a complex amongst people that makes it really hard to interact with people. That's just the surface of Twitch. Um, I can go. Um, so, 
uh i mainly am on instagram not really do much there like i said before i was a social justice warrior but like before then um the really big negative uh impact that instagram had on a little old me when i was younger was definitely image um i was a kid who was bullied from preschool preschool five-year-olds are mean to about like eighth grade and it was like a horrible time i could not look at Instagram for a while when I was younger because I felt like, you know, this the stigma, like I said, um, I'm not the skinniest girl. Um, I don't have the longest hair all the time and things look very different. Oh, Johnny left. Oh no. But um, yeah, things happen a lot of the time where I was finding myself angry at myself because I didn't look like um people that were nowhere near my age or anywhere near like anything like me and it was even to the point where like I would see people my age and compare myself so solely on the fact that well they look better than me and they have more followers than me and it's really damaging especially to a growing mind that you feel like you have to fit the status quo and I shouldn't have felt that way in middle school and nobody should have ever had to feel that way. But also being exposed to like outright ignorance, being exposed to people commenting whatever they want because it's a public platform, people being racist and sexist and homophobic, transphobic, all the phobics and all the ist, they were doing everything in their power to make everybody feel horrible. And I just, I hate that. Even though I love social media so much, I'm always on my phone and I love Instagram, but literally following pages who are like sitting death threats to people and their thing called the spam community. I don't know if a lot of people know what it is, but they were kind of like comedy, like teen comedy pages that like post memes and stuff. And there were people who were like, I have a big following sitting death threats to people making horrible lies of fucking kidnapped and all this crazy stuff for the simple fact that oh we're a spam page is funny and it's not and you have kids who are 10 11 12 looking at this and following you blindly because those are the kids that were doing the takeovers that they did when they all changed their profiles and some threats these are kids these are children and they're going to grow up to be those kind of adults when they get older so social media is definitely very scary if you don't handle it correctly or you aren't taught and nobody supervised my Instagram when I was younger it's new nobody knew what it was so it's a little scary it's a little scary place that's I have to say about it or just like hopping in like just negatives like just general negatives 100% just hop in say whatever you want something about like you just reminded me about the monitoring um that might be less talked about is like it's just easy to be accessible to oh my god the dangerous side of the internet um Mm -hmm. wait i don't know if this is something that requires a trigger warning but like i wanted to talk about like grooming specifically Mm -hmm. that goes on um it's definitely something that's very prominent (laughs) so okay i'm not laughing at it but i'm just laughing because like it's crazy to think that like it's something that so many people went through like you know what i mean um without going into detail Let's just say, like, kick, back when kick was a thing. I know it's not, like, a prominent social media platform anymore. Grooming was so big on kick. Um, 
a lot of a lot of under kids trading inappropriate photos with people who are over 18 for validation it was bad on kick yeah i forgot about that yeah kick was like it turned into that type of platform and twitter i feel like it happens on too but kick was like a very like prominent like thing like even yeah even like with the internet and like omegle and stuff like that like people got groomed on like omegle too but like it's just like it's a little sad to see that especially like if you have been a person that's experienced that like you don't really realize so like later down the line what you really were experiencing and it's like crazy to look back on and realize that you were like used in that way but yeah that just reminded me of that that was like one aspect i wanted to bring up mm-hmm. so I was going to say, you brought up an aspect on, like, Twitter side of social media. One thing I found recently, and just how bad it can get, is the very rampant spread of misinformation. It's just false, just outright lies about things on Twitter specifically. Because Twitter has, like, it's a platform where you can retweet very easily. Just you press a single button, and it retweets for you. It's easy to just go, I kind of agree with this, so I should share with my platform. But then that single button press stops people from looking at information. My mom's a very big BTS fan. And because she's she's an outspoken BTS fan on her Twitter, she loves saying that she's a fan of it. And then it gets at people angry because they're like, oh, what is this grown woman doing like in K-pop? And they'll write outright lies about her something like she abuses her kids. And like, she has never hit me. She is a wonderful person. I love her to death. But on Twitter, it's people see it as, oh, this must be true because... I believe it might be true, so I'll retweet it. And then we get, like, tens of thousands of people giving her death threats saying, you're a horrible person, what are you doing? And it's like, there's very, like, the, there's no evidence. They have literally no, like, screenshots, no fake posts. It's literally just, this at abuses our children. That's the tweet, tweet, that's it. And it's just because they can use their massive following and their ease of access of retweeting information and just spreading it saying, this is this is what's true, and everyone's like, okay, that must be true, and they spread it so fast and so quickly, and it's yeah. like super hard to try to spread actual truth because it's like I don't feel like going to an actual article to read it. I just want to read like a little tweet longer. That's it. For sure, it's definitely. Really that definitely ties in. Like, I personally don't think it's just like Twitter or just subjects to Instagram and stuff like that. Like, we have to remember that, like media comes from all places so like mm-hmm. even tv like so the news and uh, those networks i think all media plays a role especially uh, like looking at the racial issues going on this summer definitely played a role in like uh negatively showing the african-american community for sure and it just like opened my eyes up to a lot of things like even when i was younger i never saw a white man on tv you know, getting in trouble for something or or not like like committing a crime. Like it will always be a black person. But if you look up the statistics, we commit like both races commit crimes equally per capita. And mm-hmm. sometimes maybe even more white people. So that's why I'm like I was like really upset because um growing up it was a little hard to accept myself and my race seeing all these things and all these negative stigmas about us and then I started like doing a lot of research and I'm like dang like this is actually something used against us you know what I mean like my people are great but Mm -hmm. look at how we're portrayed all across the world you know what I mean and so that happens on the news Instagram 
TikTok, like we get crap there too. Like yeah. it, it's so many places, it's so many things taken yeah. account of. And it's not just uh racial discrepancies, like it's a lot of other things as well. Yeah, very well worded. And something else about the media too, and just like portrayal of like the African American community and just like communities as a whole, POCs, other minorities versus like white people. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of entertainment um i realized that a lot of things do start from young like from like our childhood shows and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, i saw this girl bring up this point the other day and like it really made me think like about like where preferences and types are rooted into and like unintentional colorism and how normalized it is starts from like when we're young because like speaking of just like the characters that were shown we start to associate white with pretty and beautiful as like the beauty standard like from a very young age because you're only shown like white characters to be the main characters and if you are shown black characters a lot of times they are portrayed to be horrible a certain way <laughs> to fit like a certain stereotype and even people who do fit that stereotype there's nothing wrong with them you know what i mean but like they still add a negative connotation to that like character type let's say um they don't highlight the the, the good parts of it but yeah it's just like you don't see a lot of people that look like us so i um people do start to associate that beauty standard with being white from young age and like start to feel insecure about themselves and like unintentionally like people can grow up and be more attracted to lighter or fair-skinned people because that's all they were really shown mm-hmm. things like that so i just wanted to talk about that too like just in cartoons from young age stuff like and to, um to like i agree with everything you say especially um a big issue I had when I was younger was um, definitely like, you know, little topic, uh, colorism, right? Was a really big thing um, in my community sometimes. Uh, you know, people hearing things from the internet and people hearing things from like entertainment and everybody was calling everybody African booty scraps and stuff. But that was deep rooted in colorism and people we were saying that in preschool like mm-hmm. going to preschool and kids are going down the slide like calling you a darkie and calling you all this stuff for no reason and me personally um i am of a lighter skin tone i definitely am and i i knew that as a young kid and i never understood why everybody who looked like me were so mean to the dark skinned kids. And the kids who were picked on the most were used to dark skin, had shorter hair, had kinkier hair. And mm-hmm. then I look on television, even our own um, Black producers like Tyler Perry, if you look at his movies, they capitalize on the negative stereotypes of Black people and they try to hide it and make it seem like, oh, well, we're celebrating it. There's nothing celebratory about Black women being beat. There's not a, nothing there like angry Black women and them just forever being angry. Like there's never really a happy situation for Black women or anyone and especially in entertainment. I have a big problem with trans women not being even like casted in their roles and you get cis women or women that don't even go along with the storyline like it doesn't make any sense or if they do show um uh transgendered people queer people anybody with like non-binary people in these they do not cast someone who aligns with the role and that's a problem in entertainment. If the story calls for a black 
non-binary person, there should not be a white female playing that role. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be. And people don't understand. And then when we reclaim stuff like the Ariel situation, there's no problem with Ariel being black because it wasn't specific that she was white. You know what I mean? So it doesn't even change the concept of the story. But when you take out the color and the culture of characters, that messes it up for us because we feel like we can't have anything. You know what I mean? So when I'm looking at movies and stuff, I don't see people that look like me. And if I do, I'm a side character or like, I'm just not that important to the story. And that's messed up. And everybody's like the little kid's favorite thing. I want to be an actor. And I was quickly, quickly shot down by family members, teachers, society. You know what you look like, right? Like that's like the first thing everybody thinks of when you try to be in the entertainment business, whether you're a singer, a dancer, an actor, even freaking painters and writers. Like that's messed up yeah, that I have to look crazy. a certain way. That doesn't it's, make any sense. Very yeah. well spoken. I oh, was gonna say one of the things about entertainment that I personally have gotten to experience because of my parents. I'm a biracial male. I've dealt with both the white side of entertainment and the black side of entertainment. And one thing that I find very consistent is the very, very, very negative view towards biracial children and biracial relationships in general. With the white side of the entertainment, you see it as you're you're not purifying, you're dirtying the bloodline. It's all wrong. You can't do it against God. Basically, Jim Crow-esque arguments against it where it's like, my one of my relatives, when my parents got together and said, we're having a kid, they said, your kids will never have a spot in this world. They are dirty, filthy months. They should go die in a well. And it's like, thanks. That's all I've grown up around was with the media. It, one of the things that I hate to see is like, I really, really do love the inclusion of more black people, more co- people of color, people, queer genders, everything. I really mm-hmm. love the inclusions. And it's always like people celebrate that. But whenever you hear someone like, oh, we have a biracial role, everyone's like, why are they there? Why not just do someone who's of darker skin? This is stupid. You're just trying to whitewash everything. It's like, we're not whitewashing someone being mixed. That's literally more biracial marriages and couples are existing in this world because we're accepting unity. And one of the biggest things I've seen in black culture that hurts to see is that they almost see biracial relationships as being traitors to their own race. Where it's like, how dare you go with a white woman or a white male when you could go on for a black man or black male in your relationship? When it's like, you're looking so far past love to the point of you must be with your certain skin color rather than love. My parents have just finished their 25 year wedding anniversary. They they are still, they love each other the same day they first met. And it's like, they don't care about race. My dad says he understands that he'll never truly understand the prejudice my mom's been through, but he says he will never stop kicking tooth and nail to make sure that she has a say at the table. She has a say in the world. And it shows that it's not just we have to stick with our race and that's it. We can stick with whatever race we love and we have a connection to. And I always feel like entertainment kind of shows it as you always see this happy ever after of a black woman and a black guy getting together or a white man and a white woman getting together. And that's it. You never see anyone getting together of different races, different cultures, because there is now an independent culture of being biracial. I may not have exclusively white culture or exclusively black culture. There's things in the black culture that I've missed out on. But there's a independent mixed culture that I have a blend of things that entertainment just never shows anymore. I've never had 
aside from oh these are role models that were mixed they're always either celebrated as the white author or the black community that we never got to have a mixed community so i was always ostracized for being too white to hang out with the black kids or too black to hang with the white kids so i was always stuck by myself with no one to look up to because we never had that kind of representation and if we did it was always followed by comments of this is against god's will this is traitorous this is awful we shouldn't have it mm -hmm. that's all i've heard growing up and like saying i want more representation of biracial people yeah that's, that's just that's uh definitely definitely um something like i've been in like positions where i've liked girls other than my race and it kind of sucks just because um, when you do see that, of, especially because there's a lot of anti-blackness and a lot of other races. So that's really, that really sucks too. It's like when things don't like automatically, I'm like thinking like, oh, this isn't going to work out 100% because you know what I mean? You, you almost feel like it's not meant to work out, you know, just the way, like you said, like how it's like, like on each side, like how it's depicted by my people. When I told my parents, you know, that I like somebody that was a different race, they were like kind of, and it took me a while to like kind of like say like hey that's not right you know and then on um another point that i wanted to add was um back to like the media and like seeing black people you know not only it was kind of shocking it was at one point that i had went to a fraternity with my like my mentor's fraternity and like to it was a all-black fraternity and you know to see that many like sharp upkept black people was the most mm -hmm. shocking like event that I've ever been in my like life almost. No, that's mm -hmm. exactly right. Let me not. <laughs> let me not. Let me not. Uh, this is the one time they actually look correct, guys. This is the right, one yeah, time. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. But it was I would no, I'm it's not like the crazy event in my life, but mm -hmm. it was definitely really shocking because like, yo, you're like Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. Like everybody had a fresh cut, nice suit. And I was like, okay, you know, this is nice. Like at that moment, I felt so proud, like to be who I was to like, know that, you know, like we are up kept. It's just not shown, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. uh, it really did. It, it really did suck. And like the only time, like we are shown in like good events in the media is if like white people are handing out meals to us, like, like we're all poor or something like that like it's like i have a home you know what i mean mm -hmm. i can cook my own meals you know what i mean and i'm doing pretty good in school and i'm doing this and there's a lot of other people that are doing pretty good in school like not only like are black people doing good at ap or some of them but black women are doing good at ap you know what i mean yeah. they they don't they don't want to talk about it they don't get into it that's, get into it. that's a very well spoken black point black women, black women. Okay. uh i yeah. noticed that like one of the biggest things like i've personally unfortunately experienced like almost manipulation to a point of cult like media mm -hmm. trying to show me what i want to see like for the longest mm -hmm. time in middle school i was had this really hateful belief of like back when i was bullied for being mixed and no one went to me i had a hateful belief towards the black community of like they don't mm -hmm. want accept me why do i care about their issues the media mm -hmm. only shows me as them as freeloaders and i used to hold that belief of they don't want to help themselves so why are they they kicked me out why am i helping why do i care what happens to them and then i had to break that mindset of there are really good black people in this world there's black people everywhere and they're amazing there's people everywhere that's amazing and it's like as media there's algorithms out there that only show you what you want to see 
there's not going to be if you want, just want to keep a hateful belief, your media algorithm is going to be like, okay, he really likes videos in which they don't like black people. So we're just going to keep showing them videos of black people not being good. It's everywhere. If you, that's like, it's actually copyrighted and like algorithms that make sure you see what you want to see and how it make you feel. So like back then in middle school, I only exclusively saw my feeds, like black people being into fights, black people stealing. And it was, a really mm-hmm. sad time for me. I hated it. I was right. hateful towards everyone around me. Mm-hmm. It was yep. because I just kept looking at media like, okay, what's going on in the world now? Oh, more death and robberies is stupid. I don't care anymore. This world sucks. But once you break free of that looking towards, I want to look towards black excellence and excellence around the world. Right. It's like yep. all of a sudden your social media mm-hmm. goes, he wants to see good and uplifting stories. So let's show him good and uplifting stories. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like media, it can show you what you want to see and what yeah. others want you to see. So as, as long as you hold that belief of so, uh, this certain group is not good, they're bad individuals, and you only look for that exclusively in media, eventually an algorithm is going to see that and go, he only wants to see the bad in the world. Let's show him the bad in the world, and that's mm-hmm. it. So you eventually just start believing there's never any good in this world or in this specific mm-hmm. group, so why do I care? And it makes even harder to try to show them there is good in the world because all those so is the multitude of evidence that their social media is showing them of there's bad in this world. There's no good. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard to try to break free of that mindset of there's good out there. There's good in people. It's like freshman year was eye opening, seeing people like who are up kept black people, well-spoken black people who could mm-hmm. get their point across without having to resort to violence or straight up name calling or insulting. It was, they had a voice. They had a voice. They know how to use effectively and get their point across and get their opinion known of, they're not just a group of people who steal and commit crimes. They're a group of people who can be great in this world, who commits, not commit, who does great science, do great art, do great things in this world entirely. And it's one of those, you have to have that personal one-on-one experience of realizing that people are great in this world. It's not, you can't stereotype a single race, single gender, single ethnicity at all about mm-hmm. them because it's so diverse. We have 7 billion people on this planet. It's no way we can assume that all those people are one way or another so it's really hard to try to break free of that shell of i have this limited thinking and social media is designed to keep me in that limited thinking because it keeps me engaged on that social media platform and not only sorry um I'm, i'm one little thing not only the black community but also the way the asian community and hispanic people um i remember growing up and literally not only were black people the butt of the joke, a lot of the time, Asian people were huge butts of the joke all the time, especially in a lot of black comedies. And there's also an issue within our own community that we can be racist towards other races. Yep. Just mm-hmm. because yes. we're black doesn't mean that we are immune to discrimin- being discriminatory. And I have a lot of Asian friends where I grew up in a community that was very close off. The only people we had were definitely um, Blacks or Latinos or Latinas. That was really all we had. And it was a lot of jokes about Asian people. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, like, even my Asian friends, I tried my hard to offend them because of things that I've grown up in thought were normal like the things to describe your eyes you know what I mean people say the the, the slur I cannot say that and I am well aware of that as I've gotten older and have chosen to be aware but if I was 
secluded to only television, I would be saying all kinds of things. Mm. Um, Asian people are only seen as either jokes or nerds or poor or, or same thing with um latino latinx people they're seen as like really poor and they're dumb and they're lazy which never made sense to me because how do all of our minorities everyone that's a minority we make fun of each other we're not doing anything but breaking each other apart especially with entertainment there's racist songs, racist TV shows, racist books, racist, racist, and a lot. There's just a lot of racist things that people put out into the world because that's what they've been taught. And that's so negative that we can't do that, y'all. Like, don't yeah. do that. And I want to just piggyback off of that and just portrayal, again, of media. Um, I would also like to say, I think what it is, is we're looking at a predominantly white, like, dominated industry. And a lot of times they are also the people pushing out these stereotypes and stuff so that we can depict. I feel like that's their way of keeping us separate, is if they can depict these stereotypes. We all believe these stereotypes to a degree if we're uneducated. And then we we teach these to our kids and stuff, you know, as Mm -hmm. communities. And we hold these stereotypes. But I do think a large part of it is because we still are looking at a predominantly white industry um and just anything and i had two points i wanted to bring up one about race one about something else if you don't mind but the thing about race is i just um wanted to piggyback there is a lot to do as a community but i would also like to say that wait no (laughs) hold on hold on hold on okay okay i have it now some of these negative stereotypes derived like from conditions that we were put in back then too by white people like like let's look at like the fatherless black home communities mm-hmm. or like you know what i mean not having good relationships like just things like that let's look at the whole concept of like the hood or the ghetto these are situations that we were forced into you know mm-hmm. what i mean a while back and i feel like it takes a little bit to get out of that i'm not like saying that we don't have work to do as communities but like even when the media portrays us as this they don't portray the fact that they put a, put us in some of these positions in the first place if you think about it too segregation just ended like a little bit over 60 years ago slavery ended a little bit over 150 years ago that's three generations apart from it but um so i'm not surprised that we're seeing like some of the uncontrollable stereotypes per se still persistent i'm not talking about like the things that we can do like learning how not to hate other minorities things like that like we can do better as a like as a community but for some of the ways that we are portrayed and some of the stereotypes that are held against us some of those are caused by positions that we are put in. So that was my first point about race. But if you don't mind me switching. Okay. Um, we have six minutes left. So if you want to Okay, six minutes. Six whole minutes, guys. Six whole minutes. Just briefly wanted to touch on media and the LGBT community. Um, mm-hmm. Before I get into the negative, I do want to say there was a positive that I wanted to include in the last episode that I, I forgot about. I will say one thing I'm happy about with social media is that people are able to find like communities better. And mm-hmm. a big thing I've noticed, especially over quarantine is there's been more of a prominent presence with LGBTQ like people. Like I've seen so many more people go by they, them pronouns or just feel more comfortable with their identity or not mm-hmm. having an identity and things like that. And I've seen those conversations be a lot more prominent, which I'm happy about, you know, mm-hmm. even like the use of pronouns like right now or like, in, well, I forgot to put mine on, but <laughs> the use of pronouns now or like in people's instagram bios like seeing things like that makes me very happy however now i want to talk about the negative i feel like people capitalize well not capitalize because they're not making money but i pe- feel like people take advantage 
of that support from the communities. And we're gonna talk about the freaking TikTok boys, the the hype house, like straight smells, queer baiting. That's our topic for today. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Um the whole aspect of guys like first of all guys acting gay as like a joke um someone was like bringing it up the other day it's not a sense of humor because you're implying that like something's wrong with being gay to the point where like like every time like you make a joke about it or like that you're just furthering those like stereotypes that something's wrong with it because you're making fun of it it's like you're making it not normal you know what i mean by making those jokes first thing second thing i hate seeing like those videos of like guys pretending to be a couple or like being like really sexual or suggestive with each other because it's like a big slap in the face of people who are actually in the community being that they get they get bullied for even identifying as something as even identifying as something you might not even have had your first relationship held a hand with another person of the same gender things like that but because you're simply that you'll get bullied and like you know what i mean like marginalized because of that but they get away with these jokes because they identify as straight and they still get to, like I don't I don't understand that I hate that I hate that and then people in the comments um especially like the people who look up to them they'll just be like oh they're just comfortable with their masculinity like guys stop trying to force like an agenda on them like mm-hmm. they're just like why do you guys have to turn everything into a sexuality like they're just like bros being bros or like they're this is just a sense of humor I don't like seeing that but that's just something I realized because nine out of ten too they are doing things that like people like gay guys themselves probably haven't even done <laughs> but yeah i just don't like that aspect of like tiktok like they people do queer bait a lot like a lot and it's definitely exploitation for sure they're exploiting the gay community and that's fucked. Oh, sorry oh, but, uh, <laughs> um johnny really well said i really like the point it's one of the things i actually haven't I didn't see, but I'll be sure to look out because I haven't really stayed on TikTok very often. Yeah. Uh, something with the community, like the LGBT community, that I'd also want to talk about because I've experienced it, especially on Twitter, like just being around that. We've almost gone exclusivity to the point of ostracizing those who aren't in the community. And like, let me, I'm always inclusive for everyone, gay, straight, whatever you are, I'm always going to accept you for you what you are. But I've run into a lot of times where I'll almost get harassed and bullied because I'm not transsexual or because I'm not openly gay. Like they'd be like, "How dare you not be transsexual?" It's like, I'm okay with identifying as a male. It's what I feel. It's like, but you don't know yourself. It's like I do know myself. It's just you're trying to now push your own feelings and what your wishes upon others and using social media as your platform, saying because I'm this, everyone must around me be this, and if not, you're offending me. And it's like, I'm just trying to live my life. And it's very hard. One of the biggest things is like, I've run into a lot of biphobia, a lot of it. Or people assume because I'm bisexual, I don't support transsexual, transgender people because I'm not pansexual. And it's like, just because I say I prefer other guys or girls, it's a real big thing where like people will try to say either you don't support transgender or you're just openly against like being openly gay. It's like, just because I prefer, I don't really care about your gender. If I like you, I like you. That's how it works. It's not like I'm trying to say you must either be a guy or a girl. It's just that's what I prefer to call myself. I'm bisexual. I prefer anyone. I don't care what you have in your pants. I prefer you for what you are 
above, you know, the phase and personality. I don't care what you have in your pants or what you have in your chest. I love you are for what I love time? you. I'm sorry, dude. Are we out of time? We are out of time. We have okay. last time. <laughs> I literally want to say thank you guys so much. That was a lot of great conversation. And just every single point you guys brought up, it, I had questions, but you guys carry the conversation out on your own, which is more than what we want. And it was amazing. And I loved everyone's points. And I'm so happy to meet y'all. And literally, it was amazing. So thank you so much the for points. joining us. And we will definitely. Thank you for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us. But thank you guys uh, so much thank again. Thank you for having me. Hey guys! We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at teentalks.teen. And hey, don't forget to check out all our other episodes streaming now 